ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's an outcome that gives certainty for the defendants that they are there are no adverse findings and it gives it's been given a process that has been endorsed by the complainants where they feel heard. That's outgoing AFL Chief Executive Gil McLaughlin announcing a conclusion to the AFL's independent panel investigation into allegations of racism at Hawthorne. They say they've reached an agreement with the First Nations complainants who participated. There are no adverse findings against Alistair Clarkson, Chris Fagan or Jason Burt, though Hawthorne will now be the focus of a new AFL investigation. When you consider that none of the coaches were formally interviewed, that a number of First Nations people declined to even be involved in the process, there's a sense that there's much still to play. A WorkSafe investigation, the Human Rights Commission, civil action. What comes next? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Paul Kennedy is a reporter, presenter and filmmaker with the ABC. You've likely seen his work on Offsiders or News Breakfast. He's been covering the developments at Hawthorne and he's going to try and help us make some sense of this story. PK, last night we saw the outgoing AFL chief executive hold a press conference where he sought to draw a line under the investigation into allegations of racism at Hawthorne. How did Gil McLaughlin seek to convey a sense of conclusion? The conclusion is the AFL's panel investigation, and I think that needs to be made clear. It's the AFL last September when these uh, allegations, which came about through the cultural review, became public. Uh, The AFL reacted by appointing a panel, which it uh, says is independent of the league, and many people have made comment about that, whether or not it's actually an independent uh, panel. Notwithstanding that, it's got um, some really highly credentialed people leading that, but It never really achieved what the AFL thought it might achieve, primarily because some people didn't engage with that investigation. We know that the coaches haven't uh, haven't been interviewed by that panel, albeit Jason Burt gave a public statement in an interview to The Age last week where he said he did give some detailed response. And then two players and their former players and their partners didn't engage with the AFL investigation either. Their lawyers have been the ones who have been speaking publicly and they said that they didn't trust the system, so they didn't trust that panel investigation. So eight months later, that AFL's panel's investigation basically had nowhere else to go. The complainants wished to resolve all differences with the AFL. As a result of this agreement, the complainants do not wish to pursue the independent panel investigation which they wholeheartedly supported. Their panel investigation terminated. The AFL found no adverse findings against the coaches. And so we moved to the next stage. The AFL says General Counsel Stephen Meade will now investigate Hawthorne and its conduct. That could see charges of misconduct or bringing the game into disrepute. Why is there a sense that they have a case to answer? The thing that Gill pointed out last night at his press conference... The process whereby allegations were aired without anybody having the ability to respond to them has provided an environment where there has been many parties, complainants and the defendants, put in a hugely vulnerable situation and it's had an impact across the industry for all First Nations people and others and I think that's something that needs to be contemplated. I think that's what the league has the problem with. Also, the, the league has, has said, and the club has said it again today, that the way that that has um, become public knowledge and was reported on in the media 
um, seems to be a big bugbear of, of the league and indeed the club. It was also our expectation that this would allow all parties to give their versions of events. The leaking of that work had a significant impact. It did not allow for a fair and just process. People should understand how this all came about. The Hawthorne Football Club initiated a cultural review. It's now calling it a welfare check, but it wasn't at the start. It was a cultural review. Basically, it wanted to provide a better way for, for people to go about their work in a, in a fair workplace and to acknowledge incidents where that wasn't the case. So it was a cultural review. You know, Hawthorne members, they, they need to understand that this was done with the best of intentions. This wasn't even... Um, it wasn't... Um, commission as a report to start with. It was a welfare check on our past First Nations players and staff. The ABC story, which made all of this public, was based on independent interviews with people who also told their stories to the Cultural Review. But I think people should understand that it wasn't like uh, the media just got a hold of this report and went, whack, there it is. There was independent interviews done. So I think, you know, it's not quite as um, clear-cut as been made out, but the AFL obviously wants to examine why Hawthorne did that cultural review the way it did. Probably, Pat, the, the thing that we should consider here, and, and it's always good to think about these things and, and what lessons are being learned along the way and, and what might be the ramifications. Would this now deter other clubs from going back and reviewing their cultural approaches and, and having a cultural review about other clubs? which is what Eddie Betts came out and said last September should happen, that all clubs should have a cultural review and reassess and learn uh, about the best way to engage with and employ, you know, help get the best out of their First Nations employees. And what leadership would the AFL and other clubs have to, to offer a better model? Yeah, there's a lot at stake here. From a next steps point of view with the AFL, the mm. attention's very much turned to Hawthorne. How are we expecting Hawthorne to move forward in these circumstances? Yeah, I, I, I just don't know exactly what the AFL is thinking in terms of holding Hawthorne responsible. Um, Hawthorne's copped a lot of criticism, no doubt. I mean, Alistair Clarkson himself came out and, and said that there should be an investigation of the way Hawthorne's operated its governance and all the rest of it. One particular party out there that was the catalyst for all this that haven't been investigated at all. Um, their governance and conduct in this whole thing, the Hawthorne Football Club, just shameful. Let's do an investigation on them and their practices and see how they go. That was about a week before he then took leave. Lawyers for the complainants in this case uh, have said that they felt that Hawthorne let down their clients by not reaching out and offering them support along the way. So I guess Hawthorne will defend itself against those. What we would love to happen and what I personally would love to see happen is an opportunity for the families and our staff and our coaches to ha have an opportunity to be listened to, to be heard. That hopefully will provide an opportunity for healing as well. I think Hawthorne needs to um, probably learn from what it's done and and work with everyone involved in a, in a really open way. I know the President's sort of speaking about uh, understanding people's pain and, and what they've been through. I sincerely hope that one day, whenever Alistair, Chris, Jason and other former players and staff are ready, we can rebuild that relationship. It may not be easy, but it is our job as a club to work at it and make that happen. Our door will always be open to each and every one of them. Yeah, I guess it's a big challenge for that football club, but I just don't know what the AFL is talking about when it says it, it will hold Hawthorne to account. From a coach's perspective, Chris Fagan, he released a statement describing the whole thing as a farce. He's welcomed all documents from the investigation being made public.
But what do you think this means for Alistair Clarkson and his potential return to coaching at North Melbourne? Well, Alistair Clarkson has always said that he did nothing wrong, um, so he'll keep defending himself. I was at that press conference where Todd Viney, the general manager of football at North Melbourne, first explained that Alistair Clarkson was taking leave and he was adamant that he, he didn't think that Clarkson would be lost to the game, that he'd come back. I think that uh, he just needs a little bit of time. There's no indication in any of the, in the conversations yesterday that that was the end of Alistair Clarkson. We feel really confident that he, he just needs some time to, to heal. I think the uh, no adverse findings and the, the wrap-up of the AFL panel's investigation clears the way for Clarkson to come back. But, of course, it's up to him. The reason he gave for um, for taking leave was mental health and, and his well-being. So that'll be a personal decision, I think, for Alistair Clarkson. There's nothing stopping him from coming back and coaching, you know, Fagan's coaching. I think also the, the other thing that might be interesting is if there are no adverse findings, which means that they didn't break any league rules, but there will be some examination, if you like, of how Hawthorne did interact with their, their players. So... I think, you know, several things here that the coaches will defend themselves. Some of the complainants through their lawyers will will seek uh, some sort of justice, as they see it, through either civil law, human rights commission, or indeed uh, they might sit back and and wait to see what the WorkSafe investigation finds. Jason Burt gave that interview in The Age, as I mentioned, uh, over the weekend. He confirmed at least one of the things that were talked about in this cultural review that he was at a ha- the home of a, of a First Nations player and his partner while they were talking about the couple breaking up. There's differences of recollections here and on who said what and who did the breaking up and, and who was where in the house. But it does raise eyebrows and it certainly, you know, it shocked me to, to have Jason Bird explain that he has some regrets around Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan also being at the house and the three men were there to, uh, to look into this, which basically a personal uh, matter of one of their employees. Maybe um, there must be an examination of, of whether the welfare officer's position in the club to be there while one of his employees breaks up with, with a loved one, you know, whether that's appropriate as well. So I still think there's plenty to look through and perhaps, you know, the adverse findings uh, being that there were no league rules broken. Uh, there still needs to be some examination of, of what is agreed uh, by both parties that did happen. Just finally, to finish on the complainants, mm. what can and will come next to them? You touched on WorkSafe Investigations, Australian yeah. Human Rights Commission, Civil Action. What's likely and how long will it take? Yeah, well, I, I don't know what's most likely. I, I can't speak for the, the people involved and how last night's announcement might affect their decision going forward. The AFL is only able to impose sanctions for breaches of AFL rules on persons subject to the AFL rules and respects the right of the various parties to the investigation and those who decided not to participate to pursue claims in other legal forums. There is some eagerness from both sides, but the coaches, certainly Chris Fagan's statement indicated and also the uh, the complainants here that they want to have this looked at by a truly independent body. So WorkSafe is investigating, Human Rights Commission is available and also um, civil law. Uh, I interviewed Dr Judy Corton, who is representing two of the complainants in this case. She said that there's not just one way to mediate. So the AFL panel is not the only way to get together and mediate. And civil law is not just about, you know, suing and looking for some sort of financial compensation. It is about reaching some sort of agreement and reconciliation. So I think 
perhaps now, when they, as they move forward, these parties, they might um, find some comfort in the league not being involved. And I think Gil McLaughlin indicated last night that he might be relieved that the league doesn't have to handle this in a, in a big balancing act either. The defendants have been cleared of breaching the AFL rules in a, an agreement with the complainants and endorsed by the independent panel chairman. We also have complainants who feel endorsed the process and have feel heard through it. Uh, as difficult and imperfect as it is, it's a situation that actually has, has brought this thing to a head. How long it takes, I don't know. If you were about to take civil um, law action and serve papers, um, I don't know whether they would want to wait until the WorkSafe investigation's finished, in which case it might be quite a while before that happens. Uh, I don't know the timeline around the Human Rights Commission, although some media is speculating that that's going to happen fairly soon. But these things do take time, and we know that the investigation through that panel took a lot of time. I expect that, if you're looking for a guess, I expect that Alistair Clarkson will come back to work at some stage and all people will press on. We won't hear as much public speculation about these complainants pushing ahead to try and resolve the matter as they see fit. Paul Kennedy, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Patrick. Headlines. Staying with AFL for a moment and Sydney's Paddy McCartan faces an uncertain future with the Swans announcing the defender won't play again in 2023. He's still struggling with the effects of concussion after his round four head knock. McCartan has had 10 known concussions over his career. The Swans say the move will give him the best possible chance at returning to full health. Bad news for St George Illawarra with revelations Jason Riles has opted against coaching the Dragons and will instead move to Melbourne to be an assistant coach in 2024. You'd have to think that that would mean he's being groomed to take over from Craig Bellamy when the Storm veteran finally moves into an expected director of coaching position. Riles will finish up with the Roosters. From a Dragons point of view, Dean Young and Ben Hornby are now believed to be among the contenders for the vacant slot. And Australian pitcher Liam Hendricks has returned to Major League Baseball a month after revealing he is cancer-free. In his first game since finishing treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Hendricks shed tears on the mound in front of an absolutely raucous Chicago crowd. Bigger than baseball. You don't have to be a fan of the White Sox to be on your feet to applaud what this appearance means. Take it all in, Liam Hendricks. Hendricks gave up two runs as his White Sox lost to the LA Angels as much as he was filthy. I doubt too many of the fans would have been that upset given the bigger picture. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.